does the Bible say? From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with them. We might measure some things. We might measure the length of Kate's sermon. Forgive me, Kate, wherever you are. Um, but the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. So we're not going to measure it with time, are we? Not with the clock. But what about, what about we can measure in a measuring cup? I've got a measuring cup. Well, it's a jug. It's a measuring jug. It's got measures on the side. And I was going to put some water in it to see how big it is. But I don't think you'd see water, would you? So...
From falsehood to truth, lead me from despair to hope. From fear to trust, lead me from hate to love. From war to peace, let peace fill our beings, our worlds, and our universe. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your Spirit. We thank you for the healing of your Holy Spirit. We pray for those in need at this time. And for in a few moments of silence, we lift those on our hearts to you this morning. Lord, come and bless us and fill us with your Spirit. We thank you for the gifts of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to help us to recognize and use all the gifts which you have given us to each and every one of your people. And help us to be aware when we can use those gifts in doing the work you have entrusted to us in your glory. Lord, come and fill us, come and bless us, and fill us with your Spirit. We thank you for the fruit of your Holy Spirit. We ask that you reveal in all our lives the love of Jesus, that we may know where our strength and hope truly lies. And we pray for those in this land and throughout the world, remembering especially our loved ones near or far from home, that they may know of your loving presence with them. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your Spirit. And we thank you for the breath of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to breathe new life into your church, that visions and dreams may become a reality, and the whole church live and grow to praise your name. We especially pray for our church here in Cotton, and we lift Kate and the family to you, and the leaders of the church, we pray for them this morning. We pray for your body of fellowship, that your gospel may reach the hearts of many in this area. Lord, come to bless us and fill us with your spirit. We pray in the name and love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we stand to sing our next song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Deep the Father's Love for us. Love us beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make precious treasure.
All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a relentless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Thanks be to God for his word. James tells, tells us that the tongue, although only a very small part of the body, can be used for good or bad. And we must be careful. He starts off with a warning for teachers in the early church. Teachers were of first-rate importance whenever they were mentioned. They are mentioned with honour. James is talking here of teachers in the church. Whereas apostles and prophets were forever on the move, they were parapetetic, but teachers stayed where they were, and they were very revered. Their field was the whole church, but the teachers stayed with one congregation to instruct converts in the Christian faith. It is James' warning that the teachers, as of their own church, entered into a special office, and they are therefore under the greater condemnation if they fail. Jesus was, James was writing to the early church who coveted the... Oh, got a bit ahead of myself. James was talking to the early church who coveted the prestige of the teachers and James demanded that they should never forget the responsibility they had. James goes on to say that the tongue is like the bit in a horse's mouth. I don't know a lot about horses or horse riding. I don't know if you do. Anybody ride horses? Yes, yeah. I understand that just turning the bit can turn a horse. Um, that little bit of metal can control a very large animal. I don't, uh, I don't go to sea horses very much, but uh, I have been to Cotton races, and the horse I bats is still going around. Um, and I've been to Epsom races once, which was quite inspiring, but I uh, don't normally go to sea horses. But Jesus said, uh, James says, or the tongue, he says, is like a rudder of a ship, a very small part, but able to control a huge ship. I was in the Merchant Navy in my younger days and I was on the bridge of a ship um, steering it through the Straits of Gibraltar and uh, we lost power. Um, the engine stuck. We couldn't go uh, move back and forth or anything. But the rudder was stuck in one position and we were going round in a circle like that. And it's, it's not very wide, the Straits of Gibraltar, uh, but the, the rudder <laughs> nearly took us ashore when we shouldn't have been. So, this little bit of us then can control our lives and also affect the others. So James warns us about the use of the tongue. We may think that we, what we say doesn't really matter that much because the tongue is so small. But James reminds us that what we say, what we can say, can have far-reaching consequences. He goes on to liken the tongue to a fire. Every year we see and read about large forest fires. Do you know where one is at the moment? Madeira, 
don't know if anybody's been to Madeira, but uh, the capital I've never been, Funchal, is under threat from a large fire. And we know, don't we, that in different parts of the world which destroy fire, destroy huge amounts of landscape, including trees, wildlife, property, and indeed people. We see them every summer, and most of them will be set alight by one small spark. Look what's happened in the war in Iraq. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, but it seems to be justified by a few words about weapons of mass destruction, and this has led to far-reaching consequences. Recently we heard about all the words used in the EU referendum. There were so many, and who could tell what was right or wrong? It seemed to me that words on both sides were said without thoughts of the truth being of importance. Do you remember a band called the Carpenters? Anybody remember them? <coughs> Singers were brothers and sisters called Richard and Karen Carpenter. When they first started, a critic referred to Karen as Richard's chubby little sister. This comment, comment demoralised her, and apparently every time she looked in the mirror, she said to herself, I'm Richard's chubby little sister. She started taking drugs to lose weight, became anorexic, and died of heart failure at the age of 32. A tragic example of someone conquered by the careless words of another. What about Peter when he said to Jesus, I, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. But Jesus told him, before the crop crows three times, you will say that you do not know me. When Peter realised he had said these things and let Jesus down, he went out and wept bitterly. <coughs> James goes on to say that we as human beings can tame the wild animals. I don't know whether you've been to the circus and seen the lion tamers and that. They don't have them these days, but they did when I was younger. Um, but we cannot tame the tongue. So here we have the truth from James. This little thing we have in our mouths we cannot tame. Does this mean I'm destined to put my foot in it for the rest of my life? Possibly. But the only way I can overcome this is with the power of the Holy Spirit. We've all heard the expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is that true? Not according to Proverbs 8, which says, Thoughtless words can wound as deep as any sword, but words spoken wisely can heal. Do you ever get telephone calls from India? No? Well, we do. And um, sometimes I'll reply by saying, if you want Mr. Wilson, press 1. If you want Mrs. Wilson, press 2. If you want the dog, press three. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes I get cross because they phone in the middle of a meal or something, get a brush. And that only upsets the person on the other end, who, after all, is just doing a job. But it also upsets me when I put the phone down because I realise I've upset somebody else. Uh, the tongue can control our lives. And this is what James wants us to understand. Words of thanksgiving and cursing can come out of the same mouth. So we must think before we speak and use words carefully. 
as Hebrews 10.25 says, let's encourage one another daily. And that's how we can use words. Florence Nightingale in the 19th century was fighting hard to improve the sanitary conditions of the military medical camps. But even so, a lot of people didn't like her. The doctor thought she was attacking them and told her she wasn't welcome. Even her own mother and sister criticised her. Queen Victoria, however, was one of her biggest supporters and kept encouraging Florence. You are a hero of the British people, she said, and no wonder the soldiers love you. Keep doing what you are doing. Don't give up and let me know if I can help. Later, Florence talked about how much the Queen's encouragement meant to her and it gave her the strength to carry on. We don't have to be a Queen to make a difference to people with words of encouragement. There is something we need to do in the lives of any other church. Communication is perhaps the most important aspect of a real relationship. I tend to be a lot more negative than Jan, my wife. If I see a cloud, it's going to rain. But the same cloud to Jan means the sun will soon be out. Which view is the better? I think my wife, don't you? <laughs> I know Jan is right, and James says, No spring of water pours out no spring of water pours out sweet water and bitter water from the same opening. In Isaiah six, an angel of God came to Isaiah and touched his mouth with a live coal. Only then was Isaiah ready to go out and serve the Lord. Isn't that what we need? The touch of God on our mouths and lives so that what we say can be a blessing to others. Jesus is the great encourager. He says to us in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Go then, Jesus says, and use your tongue as a blessing and not a curse to tell the truth to all peoples and make them my disciples. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my heart and the meditation, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. And so we stand to sing our final hymn and we need to stand before it starts because there's no introduction to this. O thou who camest from above, stand to sing. Thank you.
Thank you very much for your singing. You did very well.